As he entered into a certain town, there met him ten men that were lepers, who stood afar off. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the beginning, when God had created the angelic hierarchy, God revealed to them that the Word should become flesh, that he would become a man, and that even the angels would be required to bend their knee in adoration of this God-man. Lucifer, however, looking inwardly, admired his beauty, his intelligence, all about himself so much that he could not bear the thought of adoring God if he should become a man. Lucifer was not at all happy with the designs of God, and he let his pride lead him to rebellion. And so it is that this angel of pride has always raised up men of a similar mindset, men who would not be happy with the order established by God and who would admire their own intellectual abilities so much that they would not bow down to the authority of Christ's mystical body, the Catholic Church. And their intellectual pride was such that not only would they reject the authority of the Church, but at the end of their lives they would not be reconciled to it. There is a story, a true story, about the excommunicated priest, Father Alfred Loisy. He was one of the founders of modernism and a staunch defender of it. He's one that actually denied the reality of the Gospels, saying that they are not true history, but merely an experience of the people at that time. He was approached at the end of his life, as he, lay, as he lay dying, he was approached with the last rites and offered a final opportunity to reconcile with the church. What a grace. And at that moment of grace, this prideful man, with the pride that was worthy of Lucifer, he said, reconciled to Rome, to Pius X, a man more stupid and embarrassing than the Curé of ours? No. He would not be reconciled, and he died outside the Church. This is the type of problem that Pope St. Pius X was faced with. Those men, modernists, infected with a diabolical intellectual pride would be the instruments chosen to wage the worst attack against the Catholic Church that ever has existed. An attack so bad because it, because it did not touch one single dogma or another, but because it touched upon every dogma of the Catholic truth. 
it would attack, as Pope Pius X put it, not just one branch or another of dogma, it would attack the very trunk and root of the Church. This attack, put together in a single systematic manner, all the heresies that ever existed. And that is why the Holy Pontiff, Pius X, called modernism the synthesis of all heresies. His Holiness tried in every possible way to convert these men and to put down the heresy. But in the end, they only admired their own intellects and their own beliefs, and they refused to listen. Pius X, in his encyclical Pascendi, said, We showed these men kindness as towards our children. Then we tried severity, and then with reluctance, public reproof. Finally, an 87-page encyclical was written to condemn the modernist heresy. I urge you to read it. It is an amazing document. But he set, set it up so that his fight would be a great one. He left nothing undone. In every diocese, he had a vigilance committee. People were to report the modernists and he would have them fired. There's a story that he wired from Rome to, to New York, a seminary in New York. He heard that there was a, one of the seminary rectors or professors was infected with modernism. He wired them with a note that said, you are fired, and he was ousted from the seminary. Professors were driven from their chairs, and books were condemned if it was tainted with modernism. So when the Pope was approached by some cardinals who suggest they were advisors to him, and they suggested that he reconsider his condemnation of modernism, perhaps adopt a more conciliatory tone, maybe dialogue a little more. And this is when he famously responded to his cardinals, you want these men to be treated with oil, soap, and caresses, but they should be beaten with fists. In a duel you do not count or measure the blows, you strike as you can. In his encyclical, he regarded the modernists not only as enemies of the church, but as he put it, these are his exact words, they are the most pernicious of all the adversaries of the church, the most pernicious of all of them. Pope St. Pius X had such a great understanding of their system. It was, it was an amazing thing. He said that the cause, the root cause of it, started out in curiosity and pride. These were the moral causes. 
and he said in his encyclical, curiosity by itself, if it is not prudently regulated, suffices to explain all errors. And then he quoted Pope Gregory XVI, a lamentable spectacle is that presented by the aberrations of human reason when it yields to the spirit of novelty, when against the warning of the apostle it seeks to know beyond what it is meant to know, and when relying too much on itself it thinks it can find the fruit outside the church wherein truth is found without the slightest shadow of error. So curiosity starts it all, and then pride takes over. In the encyclical he said, pride sits in modernism as in its own house. Something to really contemplate. He said, pride fills the modernists with that confidence in themselves and leads them to hold themselves up as the rule for all and leads them to embrace all kinds of the most absurd novelties. Those are the moral causes. Then he goes on to explain the intellectual cause. He said that is ignorance because the modernists despise scholastic philosophy and therefore they cannot recognize a confusion of thought. And if you've ever read a modernist document, they're filled with this confusion. He went on to explain how modernism works. It begins with agnosticism, he said, and leads ultimately to atheism. Human reason, they, they say, cannot go beyond what, it's, what the senses see. So the modernists say, we do not know except what the senses perceive, what the eyes see, the ears hear, and the nose smells. And therefore, it cannot know that there is a God. Then they make the transition from agnosticism to atheism. Again, a quote from Pashendi. They start out with ignorance as to whether God intervened in the history of the human race or not. Then, in their explanation of this history, they ignore God altogether as if he had not intervened. So you see what this does. It does away with everything. It does away this denial of the existence of God in the history of mankind. If Christ did not intervene in our salvation, then there is no true church. There is no true and valid sacrament. There is no gospel. They are all myths. In fact, my mother was taught that at a Catholic college here in Ohio by a Dominican priest who said that the Bible is a myth. Then the whole moral code falls. 
There is no objective truth. And when it is all said and done, there is no justice. He then goes on to say that the explanation of all things, religion included, is to be found in man. That is what modernism says. Faith, which is the basis of and the foundation of all religion, consists for the modernist in a sentiment of feeling which originates from a need of the divine. It's all what is here, what they feel. That is what is truth to them. It is a subjective reality. Then he said, this leads to the denial of all objective truth and reality. He said that, mo that the purpose of modernism is not only to destroy the Catholic Church, but actually to destroy all religion in general, to do away with it all. So today, as you look around at all the problems in society, in the family, in politics, there is no president, no king, no emperor that is going to solve these problems. Why? It is because the problems we are going through today are a consequence of Vatican II and the general apostasy that it has led to. We must, therefore, avoid modernism as those who avoided the lepers in the time of Christ. St. Augustine says, explaining today's gospel, that leprosy is false doctrine. And Christ told the lepers to wash it away, get rid of it. In modern times, we regard as almost harmless modernism because we're exposed to it everywhere and every day. But we cannot approach a serpent. You must see the serpent if you don't wish to be attacked and bitten by it. We must see the serpent in the Vatican II religion. We must fight it. We must never compromise with the modernist church, ever. This is why, by the way, we even say that it is objectively a mortal sin to attend an unicum mass, because that is compromise with modernism. It is our job to fight against modernism. But this fight seems all too difficult at times and quite overwhelming. So let me end with a quote from Pope Pius X. Let the storm rage and the sky darken, not for that shall we be dismayed. If we should trust in Mary, we shall recognize in her the Virgin most powerful 
who did with virginal foot crush the head of the serpent. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.